conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. All right, good to hear from you this morning. You know, of course, the number of calls coming through. We'll speak to Miles in a little while. But first, there have been several questions around the passport that Tabo Besta was using when he was arrested in Tanzania. It turns out he didn't actually have a South African passport, but a U.S. passport. And we don't know if it was fake or not. But it also turns out there seem to have been very few details about Tabo Besta on Home Affairs databases. So how does it all work? There are other stories around Home Affairs at the moment as well. The Minister of Home Affairs is Dr. Erin Motsueledi. Minister, good morning. Thanks for your time this morning. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning to the viewers and listeners. So we know he didn't have a passport. And I think you've said you were able to see that Besta was born at the Chris Honey Baraguanath Hospital in 1986. Did you have much other information about him? Did I have what? Did you have any other information about him? No, as I said, there are two basic sources of information we had about him. Because home affairs usually get identity of people at the source. It's the best we ever have, the source. At the area where you are born and at the time where you were born. We use that to issue people with certificates from there with ID. So if the source of where you are born is wrong, then every other thing is going to be wrong. Now, in this case, the source of Tabo's origin are in the labor ward at Kishani Baraganath Hospital 37 years ago, which source were brought to us by the, the, the mother. And, and we went in to check and we found that everything which she told us about that birth is true. She also then told us about the school, which Tabo attended. We visited the school and found that indeed he, he registered there on the 14th of January, uh, 1997. And of course, without any certificate, as is usually done for, for, for some of the students, uh, for most of the students, let me say, not all of them, but he, they admitted him on the strength of his date of birth, which corresponds to the date of birth found in the labor ward of Chris Honey, uh, Baraganath Hospital. So those are the two sources. And then from them, we, we, when we went into the National Population Register where we could not find him, uh, our system was able to draw uh, a sort of a family tree of exactly where he originated and how, and we developed that uh, sort of family tree. It's really interesting, the information. I mean, you, you, you know, and it's why it's important to register births, because otherwise people can just disappear, and who knows what happens to them. Um, the person- indeed, in, indeed, uh, indeed, it's, it's like that, and that's why we decided to open home affairs offices in hospitals. And coincidentally, Stephen, the biggest home affairs office in, in a hospital is in Kisani Baragwanath Hospital. Unfortunately... <laughs> He's, he was born at the time when that has not yet happened. Mm-hmm. We have now opened at the moment 161 offices in, 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 in hospitals around the country. And we usually target the place uh, just opposite the labor ward in the hospital if we can get space there. Because that's where you will catch everything. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I've heard that people, this issue sort of, of registration confused people. There are women whose children are still not registered despite passing through that office when they get out of labor carrying a baby. Because they'll tell you that I came here in a hurry. I was in labor. I still have to go home. 
to get the names of the child, the details mm -hmm. of the name. You know, some of our traditions. And they disappear forever only to come back after 14 years mm -hmm. and say this, this child is going to take a, a, a birth certificate, etc. Like Tabo's mother herself, she registered only when she was 37. She took her, sure. uh, her birth certificate mm -hmm. at the age of 37. Yes. And difficult to get social grants and things if you're not registered at birth. The person he escaped with, Dr. Nandipa Magodumana, um, she seemed to have had other passports. Were they issued by Home Affairs? It doesn't seem like it. Every passport she was found carrying was issued by Home Affairs, Stephen. The, the first passport was issued for her. If I give you the history of her passport, according to our records, she took a passport for the first time uh, in 2007. And because adult passports go on for 10 years, so it, it expired in 2017. And in 2017, we gave her a passport, which is still to expire in 2027, which means, as I'm speaking to you, that passport is still valid and she can use it. And, and we have seen where she has used it. She used it last year in May, on the 9th of May. She left via Bait Bridge. Uh, 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 and then came back three days later via OR Tambo International Airport uh, on a flight from Bulawayo. And that was the last time that passport was ever used. The other two passports which were found in her possession do not belong to her, but they belong to another doctor. Uh, 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 the, the doctor, uh, I hear on social media, they name her Pashi, uh, but according to the passport, is Dr. American Tani. Yes. We, we gave Dr. Merigan's honey passport in 2012, which expired in 2022. But in 2019, before it could expire, she came to her home. I mean, she went to police, the, uh, the post and affidavit reporting that her passport has been stolen. That time it was still having three years of life, but she said it's stolen. And she took that avitavit, that's normal procedure, by the yeah, way, yeah. to come to home affairs, yes, to take another passport. And we gave her, because it was issued in 2019, it is still due to expire in 2029. Okay. Yes. Then uh, we found Dr. Nandi carrying it. Now, uh, uh, the one that she reported lost in 2019, she, she is carrying it. And when she was found with it in Tanzania, it had already expired because it expired last year. But she was carrying both passports. But all of them, including hers, were never used anywhere as far as our systems are concerned. Okay. So if, for example, someone's passport, if I take someone who looks like me, I've got two brothers, say I take one of my brother's passports, right? And I go through passport control to leave the country. Apart from looking at the photograph, is there any way for the person to know that I'm Stephen Curtis and not another Curtis? Uh, all passports, Stephen, must be machine uh, readable with a fingerprint and everything. And unfortunately, all over the world, uh, the main issue on the passport is your photo and you in front. If, if you remember, Stephen, let's say you go to New York. Nobody knows what Stephen Crotes is. Mm. You may as well be Aaron Mozali. Mm. <laughs> Why? Yes. How should the people in New York know that? But what is going to inform them is if they look at you. Remember when you pass through customs, uh, uh, immigration, I mean to say, in every country, they really look at you strictly. They even ask you to take off your specs sometimes to see if it's you. 
and they 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 look at the photo there. That is why uh, Stephen, we had that Pakistani kingpin in 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 Kruger stop on the twenty fourth yes. last year. Yes, who was doing photo swaps because he knows that internationally they really don't know names. What they they insist on is that the passport must be machine readable and it must be your number and that passport is never to be repeated if it expires you have to throw it away literally and get another one there's nothing called renewing a passport i'm also emphasizing that because we had many people come into fight that they want to renew their passport that they love the previous number they are used to it that that doesn't happen in terms of international mm. civil aviation authority so the, they 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 rely more on photos and and when they look at you and of course the fingerprint if they've got any doubt um and minister if i may just ask i mean the police last week were talking about and this comes up again and again about foreign nationals in south africa having to carry their passports with them at all times and i mean i must say if i'm in another country i carry my passport with me because that just seems to be the right thing to do um so so i mean i don't know if it's controversial or not but i did want to ask i mean i would always be very worried if i'm in another country about losing my passport right and that's very difficult is there any way someone can use a copy or have a picture of it on their phone or a verified copy or something like that just in case and i mean some people will say well the police steal our passports i don't know um but can you use a copy or must it be the original if you're a foreign national in south africa let let, let me first ask answer the question about you losing your passport overseas it, it happens all the time and uh, uh, the embassy f- of the country where you come from must give you what you call emergency travel document and i'm using this opportunity to say stephen if you allow me to use our program to clarify that because time and again we get people rushing in to apply for an emergency passport because they left their passport to expire and they come last minute and say this afternoon i must go to Botswana or tomorrow morning early hours of the morning please give an emergency passport there's nothing like that what they call an emergency passport is an emergency travel document which the embassy oversees of your embassy of your country will give to you just to arrive home the moment you land here is finished that that emergency passport might not be even having a number or even an id number because they stole your bag you don't remember any of those but your embassy trust that you are really south african as you say and they give you an emergency passport when you land here we start investigating i'm emphasizing this because there's a story going around that best was stopped in court last week uh wishing to to challenge uh, the numbers with which you are de- when when he was uh, 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 what you call deported from tanzania that they used strong numbers that number was provided by him to our officials, to the embassy and to our immigration officials. That I'm Tabo Bester, this is my number. And they wrote it. And when they arrived here, they checked and found that he's lying. It doesn't exist. So he can't come and say it was a wrong number because we get it from him. And all the people we give emergency travel documents to, we get the numbers from them. We get information from them because everything about them is lost at that time and they have to come back home. So I just want to explain the issue of losing. Yeah, 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 your passport. Then, uh, unfortunately, now I'm losing details about what. Oh, the second one is about carrying carrying uh, your the, passport the, the, in South Africa if you're a foreign you. national. Yeah, 
Can he can yes, he use a copy or must it be the original? That that was the question. No, no. In fact, many of them keep them it on their cell phones because I said they get mad and they lose it and they, they don't want to. They keep it on their cell phone, which is very good because you don't have to have a, 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 a physical document. What happens, uh, 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 Stephen, is that they ask you about your ID or your name and, and, and date of birth and all that if you don't have an ID. The police officer or the home affairs official or enforcement officer is supposed to investigate. And fortunately, very fortunately, from 2010, we established a 24 hour operation center, which is carrying all these numbers. And they, they've got access to the national population register, which carry all South Africans. They've got access to the NIIS, National Immigration Information System, which carry information of asylum seekers and refugees. NVAS or visa adjudication system, which carries information of anybody who is here on visa or permit, be it a tourist, a student, a worker, and all that. Now, this they do, Stephen, in terms of Section 41 of the Immigration Act. And I think it's important for me to read it for you and the listeners to hear. It says, when so requested by an immigration officer or a police officer, any person shall identify himself or herself as a citizen a resident or a foreigner when so requested by an immigration officer or a police officer. And if on reasonable grounds, such immigration officer or police officer is not satisfied that such a person is entitled to be in the Republic, such immigration officer or police officer may take such person into custody without a warrant and if necessary, detain him or her in a prescribed manner and place such person's prima facie status or citizenship is, uh, I mean, until such okay. a person's prima facie status or citizenship is ascertained. That is section 41 of the Immigration Act. And that's what they use when they do Operation Okai Malawi and all the other operations. All right, Minister, thank you very much indeed for the clarity. I really appreciate it. Dr. Erin Motsueledi, the Minister of Home Affairs.